1: Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to another episode of All Things Policy Podcast. My name is Sachin Kalbagh. I am Senior Fellow at uh, Takshashila Institution. On November 22, in her column in Business Standard, India's preeminent media researcher and analyst, Vanita Kohli Khandekar, posted how in the last 10 years, the country's media landscape has changed. In 2022, it was Meta, the parent company of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp that topped her list of India's biggest media companies. It was followed by Sony Z, Disney Star and Google. The first, well, quote unquote, traditional media company in the list, the Times Group, was ranked at number five. In 2012, the Times Group was ranked number one, followed by Z, then Star, Airtel, Sony, HD Media, sun network 18 sun network tata sky and the then basket group ten, 10 years later HT media and network 18 are not in the top 10 they have been replaced by tech giants such as meta google and geo infocom this fascinating decadal change in the indian media landscape perhaps is indicative of how things might evolve in the next few years therefore today i have none other than Marita koli khandekar discuss just that. Vanita, like I mentioned earlier, is India's preeminent media specialist. She's been tracking the Indian media and entertainment business for the last 20 years. She's a columnist and writer for Business Standard, one of India's leading financial papers. She also writes on and off for Content Asia, a Singapore based publication. Her earlier stints include one at Business World Magazine and Ernst & Young. She's a Cambridge University Press Fellow and Vanita has taught at some of India's top media schools and has several research papers to her name. Personally speaking, when I was the editor of Midday between 2011 and 2015. I had the honor of having Vanita as the columnist for the paper. She's also the author of the definitive book on Indian media called The Indian Media Business, published by Sage. It is currently into its fifth edition. The first four editions sold more than 15,000 copies. It has been translated into Hindi and Marathi. Her second book, The Making of Star India, A Look at Rupert Murdoch's India Adventure, which was published by Penguin, was released in August 2019. Vanita, welcome to the All Things Policy Podcast.
0: Thank you so much, Sachin. And that was a really, you know, intense bio. I'm feeling (laughs) it.
1: I must tell our listeners that Vanita is a friend first and an analyst later. I hope she agrees with that. But, yes, totally. uh, <laughs> But Vanita, no one better than you to discuss India's media landscape. So let's start at the very beginning. Are you really surprised that India's top media brands, although they themselves don't call themselves media brands, are no longer the traditional media houses as much as it is due to the advent and progress of internet tech and other associated technologies, what do you think are the other factors that have led to the top four being non-traditional media houses in the top 10 list?
0: Okay, please bear with me if the answer is slightly long-winded. but And also one little correction. In the top 10 list, the first one I had put was meta, but later on I got numbers for Google. You know that these companies okay. have to file their numbers on ROC, so I get them rather later. So Google is actually the number one. It's at 25,000 crore in India top line. Uh, Then comes meta and then Sony Z combination. So just that minor correction, which happened because I got the data much later. Having said that, you know, the one thing, I don't know how you such an interact, but when you wake up, or if I look at my 13 year old son, you know, he has, his life is surrounded by everything to do with the internet. Our lives are surrounded. You and I are talking on an internet connection. We are recording a podcast on an internet connection. After we finish this, you, you will go back to researching something on the internet. You will have meetings on the internet. You will probably talk to your family and friends on the internet. You will chat with your family and friends on WhatsApp. The ubiquity of the internet makes it one of the most powerful mediums. I think I'm not stating anything new. But right. earlier we would say that, no, Google is not a media company. But the fact is that anybody who seeks an audience, who seeks people to come and attach themselves to whatever service they're offering. It may not be just a simple showing of a film or listening of music. Somebody who set up this playground, this platform on which you and I are being recorded, has set this up so that people come and use it and they can monetize it. When you invite audiences or you seek audiences and then monetize that audience, either by charging them a fee or by selling their eyeballs to advertisers, you are a media company. As far as any classical definition of media is concerned. If I say that, then Walmart runs its own, if it's running its own screens, or I remember that Pantaloons, of the Kishore Bayani's group, used to run its screens across its... uh, Future group. Yeah, Future group used to run its own screens. By that, look at Zomato. It came up with this whole thing of video in order to get more people to come on to Zomato and order food online. So any company no. that, that any brand company that seeks to get. So if you go with that broad definition, because that is the thing we need in today. Media is not, a, you know, earlier media used to be calculated in macroeconomic terms. It was leisure hours, right? Three hours mm-hmm. of television, one hour of this thing. So we would say on an average Indians two three hours of whatever TV or the U.S. has the highest per capita consumption in terms of number of hours. But that's not how we can calculate. It is a 24 hour. Cycle now. It's a 360-degree thing. It surrounds every aspect of our life. And that giving that, Google and Meta are definitely media companies. And the what comes into play is not just getting audiences, but also a huge element is technology. Why are newspaper publishers who do very well online? By the way, if you look at the top 20 online, you would also know this: the Express, NDTV, all the traditional media brands do very well online. But they are not able to monetize as well as Google and Meta simply because they don't have that kind of scale or that AI at that scale, technology at that scale, cloud Mm -hmm. coverage at that scale. You need scale to do it. So to answer your question, the definition of a media company has changed. And therefore, the kind of companies which come into the top 10 has changed, if I was to put it succinctly.
1: Right. Do you think that these technological changes will also affect the way that we look at media in terms of revenue and in terms of impact. For the next few years, given that 5G technology is going to proliferate in the next couple of years, and it has already started making its presence felt in a few cities in India, the proliferation will, you know, obviously, you know, go up, the depths of the technology will increase in terms of, you know, rural coverage, urban coverage, international coverage. So how do you think these things will evolve? Have traditional media companies in the last two or three years adapted to the whole tech cyclone, so to speak, that has impacted media the media landscape in India. And what will you know the non-traditional media companies, the Googles of the World, the Metas of the World, the Snapchats of the world, how are they going to tackle the new Indian audience?
0: Okay. I'm limiting this to the Indian audience only, but traditional media companies have done, if I look at them in buckets, broadcasters have done a fantastic job. They've really been at the front of the whole thing. So if you look at, and I'm talking entertainment broadcasters right now, because they're the largest. News is, is right. a very small play, as you know. Uh, right. Look at the three largest or four largest OTTs in this country. There is Google, YouTube, of course. There is MX Player, which is from Times. There is Disney Hotstar, which is from a broadcaster. There is Sony Live, which is from another broadcaster. So broadcasters have cracked it. I don't think there's any issue with I'm talking about mm-hmm. sheer number of audiences and even top line for many of them. You know, so Netflix will be ranking a little higher on top line because they are, the pricing is higher. But a number of subscribers, Sony Live is three times of Netflix, four times mm-hmm. of Netflix, You know, So podcasters have done very well. Publishers have done exceptionally well on getting audiences online. They took time to take off, but they did very well getting the audience online. So the largest news play online is from traditional media companies. People go to a Times of India, Hindu, Malayalama, Norma, whatever it is, to get their news when they go online. They may go through a Google or they may go through, go to directly. That's a different, whole different analysis and discussion. But they haven't monetized very well because what has happened in video, except for YouTube, none of the big tech majors are really big. I mean, Facebook is because of, let's say, Instagram. So that, I think where there are gaps here in this market, in short video, let's say, where... Um, mm-hmm. Many of the big tech guys are there, but they can't make money. Many of the small guys who've come there are floundering away. So you have only three big major players in short video. I'm sorry, I'm going a little all over the place. But the point I'm trying to make is traditional media companies have largely done okay. But remember that across segments, the hegemony of Google and Facebook is phenomenal across the world. Across the world. So this is not just India. In the US yeah. also they get about sixty to seventy sixty percent last I saw of all digital advertising revenues. In India, they get seventy to eighty percent. There's only twenty percent left, some two, three, four thousand crore is left for
1: everybody else. So you know the Yes. Even in terms of bandwidth, Vanita, I remember reading this stat about a year or two ago that in the evening, thirty-three percent of America's bandwidth is consumed by Netflix. And how Netflix dominates the bandwidth war, especially during prime time, and it is television that has lost out to you know Netflix or Amazon Prime, and Amazon Prime has taken over, you know, overtaken Netflix recently as the number one OTT in America, for instance. So mm-hmm. these are fascinating changes that have taken place, and you you bring out the you know the essence of all of this is that the scale is so important in this that it's so uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, you're talking about bandwidth. By the way, a bulk of America, maybe 70-80% of America watches its Netflix on a Comcast connection. Comcast right. is a cable company. Yeah. So this is, you know, when you're talking about traditional media morphing, they have morphed very well. They have, I think, the, almost across the world, they've done a good job of uh, dealing with the challenges. And remember that everybody's proportion will rise and fall. So Google and Meta look insurmountable right now, but tomorrow something else may come. And Google and Meta's share will go down. You know, that's the nature of this game. Something new comes across. And by the way, you mentioned Amazon. So I just want to add that this is what I say. The nature of the media company has changed. Amazon Mm -hmm. is an e-commerce company. The only reason they run video is because they get second. As Jeff Bezos said, they sell more shoes. They do a very good job of running video. It's not that they do a shabby job of providing good video. But their main target is ensuring bulk for their shopping thing. So, you know, where do you categorize them? They are a media company, but they're supported by a huge giant. I'm forgetting what their revenues are, 470 billion or something.
1: Yeah, huge something giant. Right yeah.
0: yeah. So the ability of a Sony Z to compete with something like that, locally I'm talking, or mm-hmm. even Disney. Disney, finally, Murdoch sold Star Box because he knew that I cannot compete with these guys on capital and scale. And that's that's the big transformation which Netflix kickstarted when it started commissioning originals, you know, House of Cards, etc.
1: Right. In India, there are, you know, there are also political ramifications to, you know, to the media business. Twitter, for instance, has been a huge influence in terms of urban impact of you know social media on quality of India, on policy, uh-huh. on issues that go beyond just the media business. Now that we have uh, the last two months have been chaotic at Twitter, but no media discussion in India can not include the impact of influence and influence of Twitter, I think. Do you agree with that? And what kind of change do you think social media will bring upon the craft of journalism first and later in particular, and the business of media in general, Uh, taking off from what Twitter has done to the Indian discourse?
0: You must realize that Twitter is very, very small in terms of it's very people like us kind of influence. Right. Yeah. So it's very Delhi, Bombay, Chennai, Bangalore, you know, the large cities. It's English. Okay. So it's, I don't know how many subscribers they have, 30, 40 million in India. I don't know. Our yeah, 40 million. Are. Yes. So it's very limited. You're just plain television reaches 900 million people. So A, Twitter. So Twitter, but Twitter reaches an influential group of English speaking people. It doesn't reach an international group of Hindi-speaking or Tamil-speaking or Telugu-speaking people. So there will be entire very well-educated audiences who are off Twitter, who really don't care about it. A. B. Social media has had phenomenal impact on the quality of journalism, good and bad. The good is that it has removed this whole, you know, godlike structure which journalism had or journalists had. You know, that we are like the oracles and when we speak, people listen. Because access has become easier, information has become easier, everything. So you can, for example, I'm a Shah Rukh fan. So I can follow Shah Rukh directly or I can follow, you know, even media companies or media experts across the world directly and listen to what they're saying. I do not need a filter in between or a platform in between telling me that this one said this. I think that access and the direct contact, door, though the big guys will not always talk to you directly on Twitter or on social media, but that really makes things easier. It takes away some of the mystery, let's say, of journalism. But right. it has also, I think it has also spoiled journalists. Because when I open newspapers, and Sachin, you're a far better judge of this than I am. All I see is people reporting news which I've read on Twitter the previous day. So are you telling right. me nothing is happening beyond that? That's not correct. Right. right? And I think the things you need to look at, if because, is YouTube. I think YouTube is a far better reflector of what is happening in India or even mm-hmm. there's a platform called Public which is run by a company called InShorts. You know, they invite people to upload one minute videos on their, you know, local news. idhar dukan opening, raha hai whatever, you know. And news channels and a whole lot of local people are using it. They've got corporators online. That's the kind of you know you don't get that news on news channels anymore. You don't get that news on Twitter anymore. I think news channels and social the urban social media have become reflections of each other. The same screaming shouting is happening in a vicious circle. So if I go from newspapers, news channels to Twitter, I'm seeing the same bloody thing regurgitated all
1: over. Right. Right? No, which is why my question, uh, Avanita, about the craft of journalism, which is being practiced, or which was being practiced, or which will be perhaps be practiced in the future, given the advent of and the impact of these non-traditional media outlets. So that is something that is of greater concern to, you know, a traditional reporter such as us, is Mm -hmm. that, You know, what is it that I'm getting offered as an audience the next day? That's something that I've read already the previous day. I've watched a YouTube video of it. I've seen a WhatsApp forward of that. I've seen, uh, you know, Facebook, you know, videos or Facebook updates from my friends, all of that. So if some, you know, storm is happening, winter storm is happening in America, I really don't need to read the paper the next day to understand You know, what's happening there? Because I have already know I already know because of all these other tech outlets that you know what is happening. I get live videos. So what is it that the reporters and the editors are doing to get the differentiate themselves from that? So while you're right, Vanita, you know, that traditional media have done great in terms of attracting audiences, but I don't know whether they've done enough in terms of you know getting a different kind of, you know, reporting out so that they can differentiate between what has happened yesterday and what impacts the reader today.
0: You know, you, I'm so glad you brought this question up because it, this, is, this is this strange oxymoronish quality about our current situation. And I'm not taking traditional versus social versus digital because I think everybody's on everything. Is that we want instant gratification as far as news comes as far as news goes mm-hmm. and the journalism. So what sells online and what gets advertisers and clicks and not clicks but eyeballs is, you know, it'll be about someone having an affair with someone or some filmy cover or something, but what gets subscribers and, and what gets really see, is a is serious part of journalism. journey. So we have less than a million subscribers to news outlets in India online. But right. the, But people really pay serious money to know what, let's say, morning context has to say or what a business standard, which I write for. We do very well online. But so editors and journalists are torn between, do I want to get more numbers or do I want to be taken more seriously? So today, if NDTV, if Pranoy and Radhika have sold out, what has Vanita been asked to write on? She will be asked to do an in-depth story. But who is waiting for an in-depth story? If you want an in-depth story, immediately it cannot happen. You agree? That's right. not how it right. works. But the need of the medium is immediate. So, you know, this conflict. And I think editors swing one way and the other. Or publishers swing one. And I use the word editors and publishers loosely. It's not to do with video or audio or text. I'm saying that editors swing. And therefore, I think, and the other thing, such in which I feel very bad about, we don't train our people. Mm-hmm. Journalist, I have been a journalist for 25 years I have never attended a training program which has been sponsored by the company I work for. Right. never you know I sought a fellowship to go somewhere or I seek something I'll go and learn you know that on the job you're learning which is fantastic there's nothing like it but I think you need to take Short breathers in between your career and learn this whole thing. CNN has trained its journalists into audio, video, how to use phone, how to record on the phone. Quint does it, I think. Quint does a you know, some of the people do it, but we don't. So, journalists also lost in this whole thing. So, they think screaming and shouting and having controversial opinions is good journalism, for example, you know, because that's what gets the eyeballs. So, there's an audience for that. But the fact is, if you want I always say that do the people who go for ad-led news or free news, people who use free news, do they deserve bad news? That's not true. They don't deserve bad news. They deserve reasonable quality news. But that's not what's happening. So you have ad-led journalism and you have subscription-led journalism. That's how I can see the cleaving. And you can see that in entertainment also, by the way. The same cleaving has happened. Right? Right. Description-led stuff excellent quality is coming out which is using all the tools etc in the ad-led stuff I see very mixed quality so mm. people I think there's a lot of focus on using the tools and showing off what you've got but I don't know if there's enough on the depth but then you can argue that can the ad-led journalism which is about immediate gratification can that be about depth so I'm also somewhere there trying to figure out the
1: answers <laughs> you know the follow-up to that is you know something that the pandemic should have taught us in mm-hmm. the last three years it's almost three years since uh you know the first lockdown in india and the rest right. of the world you know things have turned upside down in terms of revenues uh, in terms of job cuts mm-hmm. all of that in the traditional media houses and one would have thought that you know once the pandemic is over you know the revenues might you know, which was elusive, but, you know, might still uh, recover to a certain extent. Do you think that the pandemic has taught, you know, companies to change the way they do their business, change the way do they do their journalism and going for the next two, two or three years? Do you think that, you know, what has been invested in the last two or three years, will that impact what is likely to happen after 5G proliferates in India?
0: Absolutely. You know, last year I did a huge piece of work, several huge pieces of work, largely on print guys, but essentially I think that learning applies to most of journalistically-led efforts. They realized that their dependence on advertising was too high. And every newspaper publisher I know is trying to up the subsidy. Newspapers get about 20-30% from cover prices, call them subscription. But they are trying to focus more Online, and I know this, some of the large Hindi papers are also doing it since 2021. They're focusing on large research-led journalism, which can get people to pay. That is one huge... Right. See, for these people to think beyond, you know, I'll give one balti free with subscription, is a huge jump. Okay? Yeah. So, to my mind, that's a huge thing. And I assume your question is about changes is largely related to news media? Are you talking over...
1: Yeah, that's right. News media, primarily. But also the way overall, I you see, for example, one of the big changes that we saw even in video in the last two or three years is, you know, the shots, the 10 seconds right. or the 20 seconds uh, shots that have just overtaken right. everything else in terms of uh, impact because the Instagram reel or the YouTube shots or earlier when TikTok was around, you know, the TikTok, you know, 10 second videos or 15 second videos had a great impact. You had suddenly got a, a huge number of rural Indians who suddenly found themselves a great new tool of expression in TikTok until it was banned, of course. But these are new outlets that people never thought of. And suddenly they are now the centerpiece of the video business online. Now, given all these changes, I thought that, you know, forget the conflict about, you know, traditional media versus you know non-traditional media, because all of them are in the same, you know, trying to be in the same business now. But I'm trying to understand from you, Vanita, the the impact of all of this in terms of, you know, where two things. One, where journalism is going, craft of reporting and the craft of journalism. And two, will, to come back to traditional media houses, will the traditional media houses scale up to the level that is needed to exploit all these changes in technology?
0: So I think craft of journalism is still in what I would call the concrete mixer because it's still being churned. There's a churn happening and we don't know where it's headed. I can see some green shoots of interesting learnings. I don't know if you've checked into Semaphore, which the former Bloomberg guy, Justin Smith, has just set up. Uh, You know, it uses all the learnings that that we recently have had and has created an online brand which tackles the shortcomings of journalism as it exists today and uses technology... To take it forward you should check it out it's an interesting uh, thing i wish it a lot of success because it comes from a good place to take journal to scale up journalism to a certain point in india we are still going through a huge amount and when we talk craft of journalism i don't see enough happening there i don't that's why i brought up that issue of training because that will come only from aware publishers and owners and i don't see a focus on that so if you and what is happening is journalism is hurtling down a path from which i don't know what format will emerge or what will happen there are some nice things happening like a public or an in shorts and there are some not so nice things happening also you know so mm-hmm. i don't know there was this guy who started a whatsapp broadcast you know and he had subscribers for the whatsapp broadcast so all sorts of interesting experiments are happening But they are not necessarily coming from the brands which have the resources to do them, all of them. They are coming from the new brands. So I have a lot of hope from the new brands on how they would force changes in the craft of journalism. Okay? So, And I think the traditionalists, whether on TV, on print, online, wherever, have to learn from these new guys. Because they are stuck in... They get 80-90% of their money from a certain place. And therefore, for them to think big in a new space which may mean the destruction of what they already have and therefore they get stuck. Are you getting me? Right, right, right. If I'm a Jagrana... Are you
1: saying that traditional media houses then should question the very business model that has uh, run those companies for so many years?
0: No, they shouldn't question the because the business model is the same. It's advertising or subscription revenue or it'll be transactional revenue which is what... So there are only three streams of revenues. The revenue model doesn't go all right. The way, way you're targeting that. So I'm not saying they have to, of course, they have to question. I think in a, every two, three years, every company has to question what they're doing. This is applies across sectors, not just for journalism. But I think they get, so unless some fresh blood, and I think the big trigger, the pandemic was a big trigger. And that I'm glad for in, in that way, that it has made them question the advertising-led model and made them look at subscription as a, so they may lose circulation, they may lose audiences, but they become more profitable and better quality. So, you know, I'm maybe in my head, there are three or four examples, which I cannot name. But I think if that happens to large newspapers or large news brands, I think it's a good trend. And then you have the, see the other thing. I'm sorry, Sachin, but the fact is nobody wants to invest in this business. News is not Mm -hmm. on anybody's radar. And if you're talking about good quality journalism, if you're talking about even medium quality journalism, you need money, you need feet on the ground, you need to pay people salaries, that there is no capital from India or overseas interested in news in India. I don't know why nobody seems to get it. Nobody is dying to invest in Indian news. So we, we need to make ourselves an attractive area for people to be interested and that's not happening from a regulatory front. The big block is a regulatory front. And that, that is another story altogether. So no. And uh, incidentally, you mentioned short video. I'm most chuffed about that. Because I think that the gap between what TV is doing and what newspapers are doing and what online was attempting so far is being bridged by short video. In a country with India's no. levels, we are at 65-70% literacy. And with its, you know, ability to consume video, Short video is doing to news what, you know, it's forcing all kinds of changes on which has been very good to my mind. That's why I brought up public. I don't know if you've checked that app, you should check it or you look at YouTube. I said that YouTube is the best reflection of what's happening in India. What are people looking for on YouTube?
1: You're right.
0: There are 470, 450 million Indians who are going to Google, largely to YouTube. What are they looking? You know that Google does a list of the top 10, 20 trends and then starts investing systematically in what people are looking at. So when they were looking at, let's say, a comedy for five years back, Google started investing in stand-up comedy. So these are reflections of what India is looking for, what it is learning. Now, if it is financial literacy, for example, last two, three years, there's been a lot of talk of financial literacy and how Google is aiding that. We've started investing in people who can bring that about. And this is the sort of listening news organizations need to do if they want to improve their journalism. You cannot listen to Twitter and do it, to my mind.
1: Twitter
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so, and Facebook journalism.
1: Right.
0: And there it comes back to capital. Do you have the money to put into reporters in every city in India? Do you have the money to cover all areas? And is there money to be earned from all the areas? That's the other
1: thing, right? Right. At this point, Vanita, I want to take a short break. We will pause for a moment and we'll come back soon after this break. Yeah, sure, thanks. Vanita, one of the important points and interesting points that you made is how YouTube is one of the most influential mediums in India. And I agree with it because a lot of people now go to YouTube not only for uh, recreational purposes, but actually for news because a lot of the uh, news channels have their YouTube videos up pretty quickly. YouTube has become a source of information and source of news for Indian citizens, but they also have one advantage. One, because Google is the parent company, they have a huge advantage of scale, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all the kinds of new tech that you need to understand the trends and the needs of the Indian audience, which perhaps the traditional media houses will not have because they don't have the scale or the technology to to back it up. Given that these constraints will hit television, will hit newspapers or magazines, uh, all of them from 20 years ago, how do you think they can adapt also to the kind of trends that the Indian citizen or the Indian news consumer is asking for?
0: Good question. This is a huge amount of future gazing here which,
1: which <laughs> I'm not sure I can do right now.
0: But I think some of some of the green shoots you're seeing nah? some of the examples I mentioned so you're seeing you're seeing a lot more awareness happening but I think the big constraint I think everybody knows that advertising led journalism will be all about AI and scale and that subscription led will be about more about in depth good quality journalism and getting great writers and great reporters. To do stuff. Only then will you get people to subscribe. If people want to read or see what Sachin Kalbagh has done, then they will pay for it. But they are not going to pay for some newsfeed headline with, you know, this happened and this bridge collapsed or this, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think that point is clear, but and I I'm sorry, but I keep coming back to the money. There is no money to invest. So unless and until we have a huge inflow of capital from somewhere, it has to be from their existing businesses. Then this journey is going to be slow, Such It's not that they don't have money. They have internal accruals. But this journey will be slow. So we will not see the changes at the speed at which Google and Meta are moving. And also remember that Google and Meta are... Attracting a lot of regulator attention in Europe and the U.S., and I've always said that they need to be just like Standard Oil or uh, even the railway companies. They need to be broken up now because their whole scale has reached another level where they become like you know self-propagating dinosaurs. Hmm. You cannot, hmm. you know, you they dominate any conversation, any business, just way too much. So there is nobody. Unki can jaaye, koi bada Right. Right, you know. So I'm totally a very capitalist at heart when it comes to business. But in this case, I think some sense of reality is needed. You can't have three, four, hundred billion dollar companies dominating a field. No, nobody else can. And these are not now local companies; they're global companies. Yes. So they dominate.
1: And not just in Europe. Europe, even in India, the Competition Commission has taken you know notice of uh, Google's dominance in the in the market. Absolutely.
0: And remember that we are all depending on them to be, have good intention and good heart in order to do good for that. But that's not a good enough or a logical enough way to operate. Tomorrow, if a company goes into the hands of a rogue owner, what do you do? You know, so I really, and these companies have immense power. They can start revolutions. They can swing elections immense Which is what
1: Facebook was accused of in uh, Myanmar, for instance. I mean, how, you know, the non-regulation of content in uh, Myanmar led to, uh, perhaps allegedly, led to the uh, the killings of Rohingya Muslims in that country. You know, how it's led to civil unrest and finally somebody had to bring it to a halt. So clearly the social media, or the same thing happened in Sri Lanka, for instance. You know, how so there are these, I remember, you know, a former Hindu reporter Mohammed you know, he wrote about how WhatsApp forwards led to the killings of several people in Uttar Pradesh or Bihar and and some other places, and how it is because of the network effect of all these uh, giant companies that is leading to, that could possibly lead to civil unrest, and perhaps, as you said, even revolutions. And and that time, it could be far too powerful for anybody to stop them. Absolutely. And
0: remember that what we do, you know, Facebook does these things where they say that, you know, we do journalism networks and fact checkers and this and that. But you're doing stuff post facto. What journalism, classic journalism does is check facts before we put it out. But right. when everybody is a journalist and everybody can publish on social media, then there is no checks and balances. There is no editorial filter. We had editors, we had senior editors who throw out our copy if there was mistakes. But now you can put an entirely, fully, factually incorrect thing and there's nobody to check. So that is why I say that, but there. And you're talking about Sri Lanka and uh, Myanmar. There are many other countries, including India, where a lot of unrest has happened because of uh, social media. And ultimately, a company or a technology cannot take full responsibility for what every individual with a mouth and a phone is saying there. You know? Right. Where does that check balance... And this is the place I will be the last person to ask for it right now. But many years back, I used to say India needs... A omni sort of ubiquitous media regulator, one who looks at it across formats, you know, like an OFCOM or an FCC. So who has an overall view of that thing? But a lot of media company heads shushed me at that time and said, "Don't suggest it to the government, etc." But and now I wouldn't because now I think the market is so mutilated that any media regulator cannot will not be able to do a fair job. So you know, I miss a regulatory body. Which is tasked with looking at it across the board and not with a heavy hand, but with, with a view to improving plural, plurality, diversity, you know, reducing media concentration, which are the areas where news media needs regulation. It does not need you to tell, pull this show off air, pull this website down. You shouldn't be reaching that stage.
1: Right. So that. But, I the, think- but the whole idea of the media regulator also comes from the fear that too much power will be vested in one body or one person, just as we fear that there is too much power vested in, let's say you know, Elon Musk of Twitter, uh, because, you know, he's, (laughs) you know, he's, he's literally controlling things and changing policy statements every few hours, uh, not just, you know, and the the whole, you know, moderation issue has gone for a toss, but it is this fear, I think, of media owners or publishers that, you know, there'll be too much power vested in one person that is causing this anxiety amongst them to not have a regulator and perhaps their fears are well-founded.
0: In the case of India, maybe. But I would say if you can think of an independent of the government regulator, which is very unusual in India, not always possible. But if you can think of an independent of the government regulator, then I think there's a possibility. But I, I, you know, this is a very shady area, according to me. You know, you get into it and it has all kinds of... See, because then politics comes into play here. And exactly. Which becomes like a cesspool. Then you, uh, you know, you don't know how to separate the wheat from the chaff so i think if the us does it at its level if it breaks up the big 4 5 banks as we call them then i think that it will be a good for the quality of journalism for the growth of good journalism and for the business
1: right european le- regulators seem to have made some kind of headway in that uh, yeah, regard yeah, isn't it given that yeah. uh, you know facebook and google are both being constantly monitored by the europeans and those legislations have been adhered to to a certain extent by both yeah. the giant companies but the same in india may not be possible immediately because the uh, you know regulators themselves do not have you know consistent policy on all of this and perhaps that is why you know many of the quick companies get away with you know what they get away with so i want to we are almost reaching the end of our conversation Manita. i want to you know end this conversation by asking you you know, uh, you know to look into your you know crystal ball again and try to explain to us how you know these changes that are taking place uh, in terms of technology, even small things like micro payments for for per story, you know, reading, you know, little things like that that could make a huge difference in monetization, which could bring those you know traditional media houses back into the reckoning in terms of revenue, in terms of scale. Uh, so, what do you think are the three or four? main developments that are likely to take place between 2023 and 2024 in the media landscape in India.
0: You're talking news media?
1: I'm talking news media. Okay
0: because news media is just newspapers and some news channels so the larger media landscape is largely entertainment and films and television. Okay but I'm
1: I'm happy to you know get from you the trends for that as well because we know that in the last 10 years we've seen those changes taking place in the media, media landscape so Please feel free to tell us. Yeah, no, no.
0: I just, you know, because I always ask this question because news media operates on a different planet. It's Mars and Venus, you know. And entertainment media is on a different planet and it's far more healthier and happier than news media is. News media is an unhappy little place in many ways. And uh, entertainment media is a happy, growing place in India. So I come from that perspective. As far as news media, you're absolutely right, micropayments. I think for two years I've been saying this, that the ability to pay for each article, you know exactly what iTunes did to music, micropayments will also do to what we call, I used this term last year for traditional, that the Netflix, that the traditional media needs to be Netflixed. Mm. You need to be able to serve news on a subscription model basis whether it is per program per day per month per device whatever so per article per video so I think that is happening but it's not happening at a scale you know two years back when I uh, last year I did a case study on uh, micropayments for uh, newspapers some brand in the US had done it and it worked very well especially for local but I haven't seen it take off in India that, that well but okay to tell you the two of three main things that will happen as far as news media is concerned. One is again and again, I keep saying that subscription is the way forward as far as protecting your bottom line and investing in your future is concerned. So that is going to help you. Secondly, short video. Every news organization which cracks short video can get some scale there or ally with a larger platform which can give you scale. Very good going for you. And thirdly, I think, I don't know how we crack this problem of the capital thing and news organizations need to get together to pool resources either from a news collection perspective I don't know how you know because I feel that people compete a lot but they collaborate very little in Indian businesses and sometimes mm. you have to collaborate or co-opt you know on certain larger things so if you need to let's say for example even when it comes to having a online publishers association there are three different ones in India right and how difficult is it to get together on this? You know, so it's, I find it appalling that... Look at the film industry. Again, 20 different organizations, South India, Andhra Pradesh, for Northeast for this, for that. Why? You have to speak in one voice to investors, to governments... You know, some things you need to have one voice and that I don't see any, I've digressed. So on news, it is subscription, short video and the ability to attract capital. I think capital is very key. We, just, we are just not paying enough attention to it because you get enough of that good capital and you you could see journalism changing. On the entertainment media side, huge amounts of scale has already come in. So if you look at Google, Meta, and then there is Sony Z, which is like the third largest media company because I don't have the star disney stars revenues right now so we are talking about the average top company being 15 20 000 crore in size so scale has come it's not still huge enough to fight a google and a meta it's still not big enough but at least we are there and you know we are still in the game we still have the audience and nobody's been able to take the audience up and secondly i think the revival of cinema this year think of people going back to the theaters Theater, uh, cinema to my mind is the Gangotri of the m and ecosystem in India. It feeds right. television, it feeds OTT, it feeds advertising, it feeds radio, it feeds music. When the Gangotri is healthy and flowing, the rest of the ecosystem flows well. And I keep saying this because, you know, people only look at the size of the industry or one film. But the fact is, this is the core. Remember, the same film people are making your OTT shows. They're the same people making your TV shows. Some of the same ones are producing your podcasts and your radio shows. So if that system is healthy, if it is getting 60% of its revenues from the theater, then you have a healthy media and entertainment ecosystem. So those are the two big things on entertainment and three ones on news.
1: Thank you so much, Vanita, for those insights. As always, absolutely brilliant. With that, we conclude this episode of All Things Policy with Vanita Kohli-Khandekar, India's preeminent media researcher and analyst. Thank you once again, Vanita, for joining us. Goodbye, and we will see you next time.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me, Sachin. Thank
1: you. Bye. Bye. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.